0: Mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, uh, we have some guests with us this morning. But really, guests doesn't cover it. It's family, and if you've had the experience of uh, family when they when they move away, how special it is, how much you just like don't want to grab them and not let them go when they come back. And that's how it is this morning for me, and I know for many of us with Lee and Katie Humarian, a little bit of their journey. Lee has been on staff with us for several years, or was on staff with us for. Se- See, I'm still living in the past. Was, was on staff for us for several years. <laughs> and uh, actually came to marry Katie during his time with us. So we had the blessing of getting to meet Katie, and she became a part of our community as well. And in the midst of lots of blessings that we received through them, God was, as he always does, working in them, not just within our community, but even beyond that circle. And they actually opened us up, our awareness up, to a ministry called Josiah Venture. And Josiah Venture was a ministry that was born out of the fall of the Berlin Wall, it really was a vision of the opportunity that God gave in Central and Eastern European countries, now with the wall being down, uh, the opportunity to share the gospel, and particularly to reach the next generation, the youth for Christ. And I think it started with like three couples, I think that's right, and now it's over to three, the staff is over 300 people. This ministry has been just b- blossoming in the last couple of decades. And Lee and Katie opened our eyes to the awareness of this ministry through their own um, decision to go on a short-term missions trip uh, to uh, the Ukraine at one point, and the other country, was it Hungary? Is that Czech, Czech Republic, thank you, the Czech Republic. And they went on a couple of those short-term mission experiences, and God really opened up something within them that called them as a couple to actually go and serve as a part of Josiah Venture. And that's become, in the last couple of years, our newest ministry partnership, our newest mission partnership. We supported them. There's others that are supporting them, both personally and other faith, faith communities like ours. And it's been over two years uh, in the making. And two years now, they've been in the Ukraine. And it feels like that's a long time, but it feels like it just went by. And they're back. And as I mentioned, they left as two and came back as three because God can do that too. You know, that, that, <laughs> that, that can happen too. And they brought back Jessie Ray, who is a beautiful uh, daughter that they have with them. And they're back on furlough, and we are blessed to have them share with us the fruit of that partnership. And this is really something that's in two parts. They're going to give us a lot of great stuff, uh, sharing with us what God's been doing in their life and in the Ukraine this morning. But I want to hit you again, if you didn't hear it, if you like what you're hearing, and if you want to hear more, we're going to have much more of an intimate space and a lot more time on Wednesday evening. So please come on Wednesday for dinner and just the chance to hear even more from what they're going to share. But I, 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 it's difficult for me to speak because I'm so emotional about them being back. I, I, I feel like my parents, when I took my first call up in Seattle, every time I would come home, my parents would be like, don't go, stay, and they almost like would like h- hug me and not let go. And I, I haven't said this to them, but I want to confess that I'm feeling that urge. Everybody grab them. Don't let them go anywhere. Um, but we can't do that. Instead, we get the blessing of their presence with us and sharing with us. So would you join me in just giving them a warm welcome home this morning? Lee and Katie Humerian.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Chris. It's, it's really awesome and a little strange to be back. It's like to be here for like every Sunday for seven years and then to be gone for two years and then to be back. It just feels like home. And it's really, really nice and fun. Same donuts. It's very just as, as good as always. That was something I, I've been looking They don't make them quite like, like that in Ukraine, unfortunately, but that's OK. So as Pastor Chris said, uh, my name is Lee. This is my wife, Katie. We know many of you. Many of you we don't know. Um, so I was on staff here in the te- as the tech director here for seven years. And uh, Katie and I met in 2010, got married right here in 2012, and uh, yeah, came back with a beautiful baby girl. She'll be one on Thursday, which is also pretty unbelievable. So she's almost walking, which is a little scary, if I'm honest. So she's 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 quick. She's quick up there, but yeah, we. Uh, in June of 2017, we moved to Ukraine to work with an organization called Josiah Venture that primarily works with teenagers and young adults in Central and Eastern Europe. And we're we're home for two months right now. We're on our home assignment. We've been here for about three weeks. We'll be here for another about four weeks. We'll be in the service next week, just sitting in the pews, just enjoying uh, enjoying it. Hi, hi, McGrath, She said so. Hi, sorry haven't seen still still seeing people for the first time that we haven't seen in a long time, which is really special so getting to reconnect with with family with friends Jesse got to meet her two cousins for the first time that's been really special we got to meet one of our nieces for the first time that we had never met, which has been really incredible and so and but being here we felt so a app- Connected to grace, even though we're across the world, we feel so connected to this community and this church. And it's awesome to be back here. Um, We've been prayed for by you, Uh, we've gotten to connect with Pastor Chris over FaceTime many times. We've Pastor John and Josh came and served with us on an exit tour, which was incredible. Uh, We've talked to many of you through email and Facebook, and it's just been awesome to see the ways you've prayed for us and the ways you've just supported our lives and our ministry. Uh, even though we're, we're out of sight, we're, we're across the world. So it's been a huge gift for us. And uh, there's something very uniquely special about our partnership with Grace. That's really unlike any partnership we have. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the end. But we want to say just how, f- just, we're just so thankful for you. So thank you for, for your partnership. It's been a massive blessing to us in our lives and ministry in, in Ukraine. So uh, we want to show you some, if you haven't met, Jesse's in the crying room right now. But if you haven't met her. Uh, that's, that's, uh, you can get a prayer card with this picture on it and at a table outside later if you want, but she's been loving the California weather. let me tell you what, she's been having a blast, had it her first time in the pool, which has been really fun. Um, and we've got, she's gotten to see, to meet some, some people too. She got to meet, uh, Ellie Grace, John and Melissa's baby girl the other day. That was really fun. They, they hit it off really well as you can see. She's taking a little bite, which is, she was fine. Ellie's fine. She's Okay. It's just affectionate bite, affectionate bite. And then uh, we got to be part of one of the Grace Diner groups on uh, Friday night, which was really special too, just to reconnect with some folks uh, there uh, before we got to be here. So it's just been really cool um, to, to be back, to be here with you all. Um, and we, like Chris said, we want to invite you. Today we're just going to ta- be sharing kind of about kind of a principle that we've, we have learned that uh, has been formative for us in our life and ministry. And on, on Wednesday night, uh, dinner at six, well, presentation at seven, we're going to talk a lot more about specifics, share some stories about some different people and different ministries and stuff like that. So we'd love to to see you there. Uh,
2: but first, uh, before we start, we want to first share a story. So back in March 2018, um, I was super pregnant, but we had the opportunity to go to Israel with our organization, and we studied and kind of followed Uh, where and how Jesus did discipleship. Um, And it was really, really cool. But there were two places that we visited that were super impactful for us. Uh, The first place was one of the possible locations that uh, Jesus would have given the disciples the Great Commission.
1: And this was really cool. This is Mount Arabelle. This is our group here. And the really cool thing about this mountain, and the reason they think that this is probably where the Great Commission was given, is because it overlooks the Sea of Galilee, which is... uh, when Jesus is doing his ministry for three years with his disciples, almost all of it happens in this area. So we're just looking out. And you can imagine, put, your, put yourself in the, the shoes of the disciples. They're looking out over where they've seen Jesus do all these miracles, all these incredible things for three years. And then Jesus gives them the Great Commission, which I know Pastor Chris talked a little bit about last week. But it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so imagine that these 11 men, was 12, one of them failed. And so that now there's 11 guys here hearing this message from Jesus, this great commission, this, this, this command to, to go make disciples while, keeping, while beholding, keeping their, their eyes on Jesus. And I imagine that they're just like, uh, wait, make disciples of all nations, you know there's just eleven of us right like we're that like we've only been hanging out in this little small little area and but we get to the end of these disciples' lives, and the world is just completely changed. The gospel of jesus had had spread throughout the entire known world, and it started with Jesus giving the great commission, and these eleven men saying yes, and so I imagine at this moment they're thinking that this is just this is, if this is going to work, this is going to be way bigger than anything we could do.
2: And then the second location that was really impactful for us was the place of uh, Pentecost, which you see in this, in this picture. So this is the southern steps, and it was one of the entrances into the temple. And so historians think that this is where Pentecost could have taken place because this is one of the only places in Jerusalem where thousands of people could have gathered. Jerusalem is really narrow streets. And so they think this could be where it was. And then also it has a ton of these like mikvahs, which were the ritual baths that people entering into the temple would cleanse themselves in beforehand. So this is really the only place where thousands of people could have even be baptized. So we are standing here on these steps um, and we're kind of picturing where the, where the disciples were and what they had just gone through and experienced and so now it's it's the day of pentecost and and thousands of people have gathered around them, asking to know like what's going on. they're hearing the wonders of God in their own uh languages, and they're wondering what's happening and then in acts two fourteen it says, "Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd and in that moment, Peter. Peter made a choice and he made a choice in standing up. He made a choice in addressing to the crowd, uh, to be obedient to what God had called him to do in the great commission. And even though he had just denied Jesus three times, um, he chooses to obey and that, that decision of obedience made such a huge impact. And it really showed the, the maturity that Peter had made, um, in his transformation and into more of a disciple of Jesus. Um, and so when I think about like Peter and the disciples, they had no idea how big really the great commission was when, when Jesus told them, they had no idea what would even happen that day. They didn't know that 3000 people would put their faith in Jesus and be baptized. And they had no idea how big of an impact that day would have on like church history in the entire world. Um, And so just like the disciples, we really had no idea how big the call and the work in Ukraine was that God was calling us to do. And that's something we've really been blown away by, and we'll talk about that a little this morning. But one thing that we've really learned is that living missionally the way that God intends it um, to be lived is way, way bigger than we could ever expect.
1: And someone like Peter— who started out just as a simple fisherman, uneducated man, for him to to go from that point to this point where he's he's his words through the holy spirit are 3000 people start following Jesus. I mean, think about the path that the path that he was on. This path of of discipleship and this is uh, this path is what Jesus we need to know the route, the path that he took in order to get that, in order to understand how do we fulfill the Great Commission and the way that Peter went from unbelief to clearly very mature in, in Christ. What's that path look like? And that's and he's he starts out, he's fulfilling the Great Commission right there on the first day he receives the Holy Spirit. And so in Josiah Venture, one of our key convictions is that the the model and the mandate of ministry can be found in the life of Jesus. And it simply means that we think the, the way to do ministry and, and a great picture of how to do it is found in the example of Christ that we see in, in the Bible. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, we can make out a particular path that he led people on as he sought to take individuals from unbelief to, to maturity. And this path is marked by the five basic challenges of Christ. And this is a tool that we've used throughout our ministry and even in our own personal lives because Jesus always he always met people where they were at and he challenged them to take the next step forward spiritually and of course he was constantly doing this with the 12 because they were with him wherever he went but he was doing this with various individuals whenever like random people he would meet throughout his life and ministry you can see these five and we can when we look at these five challenges and we'll we'll go through them in a, in a moment but when we when we the lens we look at this can be—we think there kind of can be three spheres that you look at this from, and this can be seen as what—where am I at on these five challenges personally as an individual? Where where do I? Where am I standing right now? You can also think about if you're maybe if you're discipling someone, mentoring someone, or even parenting someone. You can think about where where are they, that other person, at on the scale. You can understand where they are, and therefore where they need to go next. And if you're part of a ministry, leading a ministry, or even leading a church, this can be a great place, of, to, a great way to understand, okay, where are the most people in our church at right now, and, how, so, and then how can we help them take steps forward in ministry? And so, to break down the five challenges, uh, the first one is come and see, come and see. And we see this in the, the, the first chapter of John, verse 43, he says, or, excuse me, verse 39, and this is actually Pastor John uh, told this story about the book of John when he was going through the book of John recently. So many Johns, John. A lot of Johns. And John the Baptist is in this story too. So it's lots of Johns. But so John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then two of John the Baptist's disciples see Jesus and they're like, Can we. Can we leave? Can we go with this guy? And John's like, yeah, go. This is the guy. This is the man. So they're following him and John, Pastor John painted this picture of kind of like this, kind of they're awkwardly like following him and Jesus turns and says, what are you seeking? And then they, they kind of just have to like, uh, where are you staying? They just kind of blurt out like, oh, well, we just got to ask some kind of question. But Jesus says, come and see, come and see. And Jesus, and by those simple three words, he opens up his life to them. It's the text says that they spent the rest of the day with him. And that's just, that's really this first challenge of come and see is just an opening, an invitation into life, doing life together with someone, inviting someone into your life in the way that Jesus invited these two men in. And what's incredible with this, when Jesus says they spent the day together, but it was already late afternoon. So they spent a few hours together. And by the end of it, these two men believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So I don't know how... Like what they talked about, what Jesus said to them, but clearly he painted an amazing picture of who he was and that they believed that he was the Messiah in just a few short hours. So that's that invitation was given by Jesus and what, I mean, what fruit came of that, just that simple come and see invitation. And this can look, for us, this can look simple like inviting someone to coffee, inviting someone over for coffee for a meal at your home or inviting someone to a youth group or, or a ministry here. Like this is just a simple invitation. Come be a part of my life opening up of our lives to someone else. The next challenge, the second challenge after come and see is to repent and believe. And we see this in Mark one This is right after the start of Jesus's ministry. He says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. And so this invitation, when we're walking with someone else, we, we invite someone to come and see It can't live and come and see for forever. There has to eventually be a challenge for that person to repent and believe, to start turn away from living for themselves and to start following Jesus, living like Christ.
2: The third challenge that we see is follow me. And uh, we see this back in John 143 when Jesus invites Philip to follow him. And so an example of this would just be somebody who um is a Christian, they are following Jesus, they're serving, they're bearing fruit, um and the mo- majority of Christians spend their entire lives in challenge 3. And because this is the most comfortable challenge. Like we think about how how am I doing spiritually? How do I need to grow? Um and none of those are bad things, but as we see like there's more to it and Jesus challenges us even further. Um, And we see this in the next challenge in challenge number four, which is follow me and fish for men. And this comes from Matthew 419 when uh, Jesus asks uh, Simon and Andrew to follow him uh, to become fishers of men. And so this is when you're not only concerned about your own spiritual life, but now you're also concerned about others as well. And so this is when you could be sharing the gospel with other people or when you're discipling somebody else. And then the last challenge, the fifth challenge is I am sending you. And this is from John twenty twenty one, when he appears, to, Jesus appears to his disciples after he rose from the dead. And he says, as the father has sent me, um, I am sending you. So this is challenge it could be like an example could be like pastors or if you're a leader of a ministry or any kind of context where you're you're sent out in order to bear fruit just like Jesus did as well Uh, so this path that Jesus leads people on from uh, being lost into being mature in their faith uh, we see this all throughout scripture Um, and in each of the what we love is that in each of these challenges we see Jesus not challenge people in a way to guilt and shame them, but he really does them, he challenges people within a relational context and he does it really in an invitational way as well.
1: And these five challenges of Christ is, some, is a tool that we've just been using in various areas of our life and ministry in Ukraine. And we want to highlight three of those for you this morning. We've seen this tool be really transformational in exit ministry, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is. We've seen this be transformational in our local church and our ministry there. And we've seen this be transformational in just our own lives and our, our own walks with Jesus. But exit ministry, this, this is a ministry that when we got invited to Ukraine, it was to help launch... Exit in Ukraine. And exit is a, when we, we first thought of exit, we thought of it as a music and outreach program in public schools that, that where we, we were in schools during the week with the band and preventative lectures. And then on Friday night, we invite all the kids to a concert and the band shares the gospel. So this is a picture of just a little music concert in the school. And then we, uh, we, we have lectures and stuff as well. Then Friday night, we have this big concert. And everyone's excited, and there's a the Ukrainian flag, and it's awesome. And then the artist shares the gospel, and our teammate translates it into Ukrainian. And we thought that that's, that's, exit, that's exit right there. That's like that tour, that week-long program, that's what exit is. But, and so for us, it was like, okay, exit is really a challenge one and challenge two ministry. We're inviting uh, teenagers from local schools to come and see. And, re- and at the concert, we're inviting them to repent and believe. Well, once we got to Ukraine, we actually realized the exit is actually so much bigger than that. We're not just, we thought it was exit tour. This time in schools was, was what exit ministry would be. But actually, if the church isn't equipped for discipleship, then if even if people make a profession of faith at a concert, they're not going to be, they're not going to be in this path because they're just, they might repent and believe, but then there's no one to, to help disciple them. Through the path. And so, really, exit ministry is actually a ministry that equips local churches for discipleship and connects them to teenagers using this week long exit tour. We thought exit was just that tour part, but it's so much bigger than that. And so, we work with churches that have a desire to reach non believing teenagers in their community. And those church volunteers for that week of exit build a relationship with these teenagers. And we're equipping, exit is only successful, only fruitful if. Before Exit Tour, we were able to equip and train the local church about discipleship, about what does it mean to disciple in the way Jesus did. And we, we use this tool to help them understand how did Jesus do it. And this is a really important tool for Ukraine is because discipleship is, is not something that has been seen in the Christian church there. Um, it's, it's a word we use a lot here in the American church, but in, in Ukraine, discipleship isn't something that is commonly practiced. Like pastors they go to seminary but they haven't been discipled by someone they haven't been mentored by by someone else and so those pastors aren't practicing discipleship with with their their leaders their their church congregation and so youth leaders haven't been discipled and so they're not thinking about discipleship for youth predominantly they're thinking about okay let's let's plan a program let's plan a program get people to our program and that's it it's not it's more about the program than it is about the people and so for us exit Really, the main goal of Exit is to help churches refocus instead of thinking just about a program, thinking about the people and discipling, discipleship, long-term discipleship relationships is how Exit bears fruit in Ukraine. And so really, Exit, there is a challenge one and challenge two aspect to Exit, but a big part of our ministry is taking church church leaders, the young leaders in the churches from Challenge 3 of Follow Me and getting them to start thinking about and practicing fishing for men.
2: The second sphere that we've seen this tool be really transformational is within our local church. So when we moved to Ukraine, we knew we would be a part of a local church. We knew we'd be serving there. We'd probably be making friends there and whatever. But, um, oh, here's a picture of our first day at our church and then uh, Jesse's first day. You can't even see her. I'm holding her, but shit on the right. Two
1: weeks
2: old. Like three weeks. weeks. Uh, So, but we've seen... at our church, um, or like we mentioned, uh, you can use the five challenges in a way to kind of evaluate a ministry. So we have what's called a ministry map, and it's like it has the five challenges up at the top. And what you can do is you can take, like, for example, a youth group, and um, and we do this with a lot of churches in Ukraine. But we have the youth pastor fill out where is each of. The teenagers at in the youth group are they challenge one? Are they challenge two, three, four? Um, and you can kind of evaluate how healthy or unhealthy a ministry is depending on how the map is skewed. Okay, so maybe you might have a couple uh, friends, non-Christian friends that come. Okay, they'd be in challenge one. Maybe you have some that have uh, made a decision, but maybe they're not really like deep in their faith, following Jesus yet. Maybe they're challenge two, and, and so on. So uh, at our church. Our youth group was all Challenge Three, so all of the all of the programs that were happening uh, were mainly just for believers, and it really wasn't a safe place to even invite invite friends or invite non-believers or anything. But our church really had a heart for um, doing outreach, and they really wanted to uh, make like transform their culture within their within their church and within their youth group. And so after, our church did exit in fall 2017. And then after that, they because like Lee said, the goal of exit is is to have something that you can invite teenagers to long-term so that these leaders can have long-term discipleship relationship with them. And so they started this teenager club uh, called TNG. And a lot of the teenagers still go to this. And a lot of the leaders are still continuing to build these relationships with teenagers and within a relational context, share the gospel with them. And it's been really cool. And then in the spring of 2018, they started another ministry uh, fusion. And even like two weeks ago, there were 10 new kids that came to fusion. And so it's just been really cool to see the transformation of leaders Within our church, because now there we've seen leaders move from Challenge Three to Challenge Four, and they're so excited about it. And they're meeting with these teenagers. They're hanging out with them. They're having discipleship meetings. They're studying the Bible with them. And um, and kids are really drawn to them, and it's really really cool to watch. And what's another really cool thing is um, now we have so many non-believer teenagers on our church campus throughout the week and it's not because of the programs that we have but it's because of the relationship that they've built with these leaders and it's within that context of relationship that they feel pursued they feel loved they feel safe and they want to be there and they want to be around them and so this was a really surprising way in which we saw the five challenges like transform the culture of of our local church too
1: yeah, and we ha- we have some specific stories about people and different things that we want to share with you. Uh, we're going to do that on Wednesday night. So again, we want to tell you, 7 p.m., 6 p.m. dinner. It's going to be like barbecue. It's going to be awesome. And then 7 p.m. we're going to have a presentation where we'll tell more specific stories kind of about those relationships. But the third way we've really seen this tool be effective and, and transformational for us is just just personally, just in our personal, personal relationship with God. And I'll be honest with you, this was something... Uh, Something uh, something that was challenging for us to realize, but in the uh, wanted to be transparent with you all, and hopefully help you all grow in your in your relationship with Christ. We want to be be transparent, and so uh, what, one thing we do love about Josiah Venture is we the organization is always thinking about how can how can they equip the missionaries just to be better missionaries, to be better followers of Jesus. And so, about six months after we moved in U- to Ukraine in January of 20. 20- 18, we got to be a part of a week-long training with Josiah Venture. And here, I don't know if you can see on the screen, but the president, Dave Patty is actually, he's showing and talking about this picture on the screen. So he's talking to us about this path of discipleship. And he's talking to us about the Great Commission and how, and he's saying that that these were commands that Jesus gave to his disciples to, to make disciples of all nations and, and while keeping, beholding, keeping your eyes on, on me, on Jesus. And he said that this is, because he commissioned his disciples, he, that's an extension to us. If we're followers of Jesus, that means we're disciples of Jesus. If we're disciples of Jesus, we need to be fulfilling the Great Commission as well. And he said, all of you should be discipling other people. If you To obey what Christ is doing, you should be discipling other people. And I realized, oh, I've been training churches and equipping churches for discipleship. I've been equipping and training churches how to share the gospel. But I, I haven't been doing it myself. I haven't been meeting I haven't been discipling other guys in this pathway. And it was a wake-up call to me because I realized, man, I'm actually disobeying Christ's commission. I'm not, I'm, I'm actually, I'm equipping other people to do it, but I'm not doing it myself. I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. And so that, that was January 2018. I made a goal by the end of spring to be discipling three guys. And by the grace of God, he actually helped me surpass that. And, and now I'm meeting regularly with, with five different guys. And all of them are on different, different parts, different different areas of this path with discipleship. But that's really the goal. Using this tool, I can say, okay, if someone is in two challenge two, I can help them. How do I help them follow Jesus better? If someone's in challenge three, how do I help them fish for me? How do I get them, help them make steps to challenge four? And this is, this is uh, one of the guys I'm meeting with, and Katie's also meeting with uh, a couple girls as well. And so this is something that we realize this is, we, need to be, we need to be fulfilling Christ's commission ourselves. And so this tool has been transformational for just us and our lives and walks with Christ as well.
2: And when we look at that tool, one of the, the person that we know that models it the best is our teammate, Nadia. And, um, so Nadia is Ukrainian. I think a lot of you might know about, about Nadia and who she is. Lee will talk a little bit more about that partnership, but, uh, so it, on our, our exit team, it's Lee, me and Nadia. And, um, Nadia, is amazing because she does the five challenges and honestly exit would not be fruitful without Nadia and if she was here she would hate that we're saying all this nice stuff about her because she's super humble and doesn't like attention but she's honestly doing like she is the five challenges in the flesh and she is she has such a heart for seeing healthy churches in Ukraine And uh, she is doing all of these stages. She's meeting with teenagers. She's walking teenagers through the five challenges. She is making disciples who then makes disciples. She has spiritual children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren because she really exemplifies this. And uh, at her church a while ago, they had done English camps for a while, and there was not really a ton of fruit from it. But she really had a heart to see discipleship happen within our church. And she kind of started it single-handedly. And now she started meeting with girls, uh, doing studies, walking through life with them. And then they started meeting with girls, and then they started meeting with girls. And uh, so Nadia is, we always think of her when we think of the five challenges because we watch her do it. And it's so encouraging to see. And we are so thankful for her because she's invaluable to exit and to uh, the local church in Ukraine, and to the movement of God um, in Ukraine.
1: It's cool. Whenever Josiah in Ukraine does training, she's always the one that talks about discipleship, because she's the one thats she is the best example of it that we have on our team, and it's incredible. And as, as Katie mentioned, um, this is her family. This is her husband, Artyom, and her two kids. She has a 13-year-old, and I uh, think Marco just turned eight, so— he acts like a teenager as well, so she basically has two teenagers around the house, which is makes life all the more fun. Uh, we could call it that, I guess. But um, so Nadia, Grace has been partnering with Nadia for the last year. Um, there was uh, after John came back from serving in Ukraine, that was one thing that he came back, and Nadia Nadia became full-time missionary right when we moved to Ukraine. So she, we we Americans have to move when we get to a hundred percent. Support, but nationals can just start, and they just start at zero, and they work and they raise raise support. And so John came back and was like, "We need to we need to support Nadia." And so Grace, for the last year, the fifth Sunday missions offerings have been going to to Nadia and her family, have been supporting her, and he've actually been providing for fifty percent of her her monthly need through through that that th- those generous gifts. And so uh, we want to first say thank you for that. And Nadia, I just had a meeting with her. She wants to extend her her gratitude. You all. And this is something that, uh, if, if I can be so bold and say, this is something that is ending soon. But our, our plea, our hope, and our, our ask is that, that grace would, would pick up Nadia as a full time missionary just in the same way that they support us. Like perpetually as missionaries, we hope that they can create another slot and, and slot Nadia in so she can continue to receive this 50% of her monthly support. And that's something that I know uh, Pastor Chris and is we're bringing before, but if if all of you can support that too, that would be, if you could be advocates for Nadia uh, to to, to uh, each other, that would be awesome. We would be so thankful. And I also want to say that even with the 50% that, that Grace has been giving, uh, because there 's just not a culture of of fundraising like european churches typically aren 't giving to missionaries it 's just not it 's not part of the culture like pastors are usually working full time and then volunteering as the main pastor like it 's just that culture is that that giving to to missions just really isn 't a part of the culture so even though she 's been raising support for over two years, grace has been fifty percent and she 's been able to raise another thirty, but she still has a 20% need, which is only $250 a month for her to get to, from where to 80% to get to a hundred percent is $250 a month. And so we would love to ask even you, if you want to partner with the movement of God in Ukraine, we think one of the best ways you can do that is by supporting Nadia with a monthly donation, because she is like, like Katie said, she's doing amazing things for the kingdom of God in Ukraine. And like, if everybody gave like $1, I think we'd cover it, you know, it'd be like $250 a month. So, so, but, you can give as much as you want. And so that's just a, an ask that we want to. Uh, we're, we're trying to get a visa for Nadia so she can come to, to America in December so she can uh, be here and thank you all, but also be in person and, and be in relationship with you as well. But on her behalf, we wanted to make that ask uh, to you as well, because we've we've this our relationship with you has been such a gift to us. And it's from afar, it's been a gift to her as well. So if that can continue on and even become even more personal with some of you, that would be phenomenal. If you're interested in that, please talk to us after the service and we'll get you connected to Nadia, okay? And if you even just want to just start praying for Nadia, getting her email updates, we can get you connected that way too. Oh, my turn still. So all that to say, guys. Oops. Can we go back to the last slide? I double-clicked. So, this tool, the Five Challenges of Christ, I hope you 've been able to see that this is something that has been transformational for us in our life and ministry in ukraine as as individual we 've been able to help and see individuals ministries and churches and just we 've seen it be transformational for them as well and this isn 't just a tool for Central and Eastern Europe guys. this is a tool that we can use here right now today. This is something that we can use to evaluate ourselves and ministries, churches that we're a part of as well. And so I want to ask you guys, where where do you feel that like you are on this pathway? Where would you say that you sit now? And this is not a guilt or shame like question, like when when I was getting this question from Dave, it made me realize, oh, I feel like I'm a missionary. I'm in challenge five. But actually, I was in challenge three. I was in Challenge 2 the whole time. And I, I, it, it was actually a gift and a blessing for me to realize that because then I could see, oh, well, I know what, I know it's, I, the next step for me is to fish for men. And so it's not out of, out of guilt or shame. This tool is simply meant to help you identify where you're at so that you can start making forward progress, forward steps towards the next challenge. And maybe you realize that at some point in your life you were in a Challenge 4 or a, or a Challenge 5 place, and, but you realize, okay, recently I haven't, I haven't been sharing the gospel I haven't been discipling. And so you might be now in Challenge 3, and it's okay what, it's okay to identify that and to, to say, okay, what, what steps do I need to take to get back to that place of being in Challenge 4 or Challenge 5? And I also want to take time to recognize that there, there are a lot of new faces for us that, that, we're, that we're thrilled to see. But some of you might be here today and be in a, just a Challenge 1 place where you just came to see, you came to check out church, or you, you've been maybe a part of it for a long time, but you've just been, been, been seeking um, we would love to invite you to take that step today. To to say, we would invite you to repent and believe. And repent again is just a, a fancy, churchy word that just means to turn around. Just you're walking, you're living life for yourself. You just turn around and you start living your life for for Jesus. And to believe just means to believe in in what Jesus has done. To believe that He died, that He rose again, and that because of that, our our the separation that we have because of our sin from God, He He reunites us with with God and we can have a relationship with him again. So if that's something that you would like to, to do, make that step and, and repent and believe, uh, we'd love to talk to you after the service. I know Pastor Chris, Pastor John, uh, even someone on the prayer team would love to, to have a conversation with you about that uh, during, during communion or after the service.
2: And if we go back to thinking about the story of the day of Pentecost, sometimes I think, what if Peter and the 11 chose to not stand and address the crowd that day like they were probably in challenge three but what if they didn't move to challenge four um and we just i just constantly have to go back to remembering that living missionally is way bigger than than what we what we realize and what we think it is and uh pastor chris said this to lee this week but he said the gospel isn't less than the forgiveness of our sins in eternal life it's so much more so it's not less than challenge too, like, but it's so much more. And that more is really exciting. Like it's exciting to see fruit within, um, exit with healthy churches. It's exciting to see the fruit in our local church of what that more is and at Nadia's local church and what that more looks like there. Um, and so like Lisa, we're not perfect at this. We get stuck in certain areas, but there's, uh, we know that god 's calling us to more, and we want to live into that because we want to be uh, mature in our walk uh, with Jesus and in, in this discipleship uh, process okay so i 'll go ahead and pray for us uh, God, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you that we get to be uh, back here with grace and with our extended family here, Lord and we thank you God for your example of what discipleship looks like and um, God, we pray for opportunities, uh, for our own selves to, to go further along in this path of discipleship, to grow in areas that we're lacking, Lord, to being able to share the gospel, to being able to disciple others and in being able to be sent out. And I pray God that you would also give us relationships with people that we can walk through this path as well, Lord, um, and would you give us boldness? Would you give us awareness in, in how you want us to do that, Lord? Uh, but we're thankful for the example that you've set before us, Jesus. And we're thankful, God, for how you've called us to be a part of expanding your kingdom um, in the great commission of making disciples who make disciples. And so we pray that, uh, that we would get excited about that and that we would see fruit from that too. Um, And we just thank you for the blessing that grace has been to us from afar. And we thank you for um, the opportunity to be back here this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.